everyone. This is Florence Bremer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a weekly podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999. This week, I'm just going to sort of have some random topics and updates. It's been a heck of a week. Um, I was um, thinking back to my last topic, and I was just doing some sort of self-care topic and, and just kind of managing time in general, you know, things to take care of yourself. And this week, it was all out the window. Um, I had no staff this week. My two staff members were out. Um, one uh, had a surgery and the other one was out um, with her kids. And I was managing the whole office by myself. And it's a heck of a job. Um, I would go in early. I would leave late. I would work in the evenings at home to catch up on what I couldn't during the day and just started putting together piles for my staff members in the hopes and prayers that they would be back this upcoming Monday. Things aren't going necessarily as well as I hoped. Um, last Wednesday, I had an arbitration and my client came into the office and her and I sat in front of my laptop for six hours for the arbitration on an arbitration that I thought would be two to three hours. So I had to lock my office, put a sign up, say that there was a court proceeding going on. I couldn't answer the door. Um, just everything was out of the ordinary all week. And then, um, on, um, Friday, I was going to close the office down early and I did close it down early because I just had it. I just thought, you know, I'm going to work from home. Um, it's, it's too hard to be at the office by myself and Monday, like fingers crossed, fresh start with everybody coming back. So as I'm getting ready to close down, someone comes into the office, a surprise drop in and I will tell people this. If you are need to visit an office, um, please do not just drop in without a call or an appointment. It is very jarring for people who are working in offices right now. Um, offices are not generally a storefront where you can just show up. And it was always odd to me pre-COVID, but Arizona is having a huge surge I think we're still the worst in the U.S. in terms of um, virus cases per 100,000. And to just pop in and expect someone to start handling your case, it's, it's jarring. And the person who came in was extremely upset. And, um, you know, I get it, like things happen. Um, but it was something that could have been handled with a phone call. And to just show up and 
um, start handing me documents and, um, you know, adjusting the mask quite a bit. It was very upsetting for me. <laughs> um, so finally I get out of the office on Friday and my youngest is turning 14 in a couple of days. So I just wanted to spend some time with her and we had a nice afternoon. And I thought leaving the office at noon on a Friday isn't going to be bad, right? Nope, it was awful. I looked at my emails a little bit later in the day. I had over a hundred emails for a few hours on Friday afternoon. I had 12 voicemail messages. It was insane. Like, I don't know what what's happening sometimes. And um, I'm just thinking, you know, Monday I got to start over, you know. So I'm all set for Monday starting over. I've been working pretty much all weekend because tomorrow I have two hearings. Um, Tuesday I have a hearing. Wednesday I have a hearing, which I think is in person. And Thursday I have a hearing. I have a lot of court this week. Again, again, you know, it's just court hearing schedule one after another. And my, my hearing on Wednesdays in person, which again is, is jarring because none of my hearings have been in person for quite some time. And I've had probably four or five hearings total that have been in person since February. So in a year. Um, and for a judge to say, come on in for a hearing, especially when there is a, like I said, this big uptick in Arizona is again, like jarring and upsetting. So on top of it all, I get and and on Friday, I had stopped by, stopped by my, um, brothers really quick to drop off a birthday card for my niece. She had been traveling to Chicago and, I just wanted to stop in quick and drop off a card and a and a couple of t-shirts that I bought for my brother. And I hadn't seen everyone in in a few days. And we've been in contact fairly um, often, you know, during the pandemic. Um, see each other quite a bit. And everyone's careful. Um, you know, everyone at their workplaces wears masks and, and everyone is being as careful as possible. All with the kind of the the feeling in the back of our mind at, at some point one of our family members and you know one of the households that are near each other is probably going to get COVID especially again with the numbers that are happening recently so I drop off the car just visit shortly and um, am hanging out with um, you know go go home hang out with my daughter and then on Saturday my oldest daughter said, why don't we have everyone come over for a little bit on Saturday? We haven't seen everybody in a while. And I had said, sure, like we could pull out, you know, a game and, and have a short game night or something and just hang out for a little bit because like you literally can't do anything right now. And, and I'm guessing Arizona may shut down again. Um, so we, my daughter sends out a group text, invites everyone over, and the response we get back uh, from my nephew is that he can't taste or smell, and um, so that probably just means one thing, 
that has been in the in the people that I've talked to that have COVID, the one thing that seems to define it the most as like a for sure thing is the loss of taste or smell. Well, when I went and visited over at my brother's on Friday, my nephew wasn't there. He was at work. And um, I checked in with my brother today and my brother and my niece are now um, showing symptoms of illness. So I've ordered a test and I alerted my staff that I may have been exposed, like I'm, I'm not sure, which has also been one of the things that is very, very hard when you look at the CDC guidelines is how close do you need to be to the exposure to be able to consider yourself exposed to it? Um, so I was sort of secondary exposed through my brother. I'm just guessing, like if they became ill right after my nephew lost his sense of taste and smell, that their illness, although different, is probably related. So I ordered a COVID test. I alerted my staff. We're going to social distance um, until I'm cleared. And um, then I've, I have a couple of meetings in person next week. So I informed the people. I said, I feel fine. I'm not showing any symptoms. I don't technically know that I was exposed, but I feel exposed enough that I'm going to let you know and you can decide. And of course, like I said, in all this time where I've had a handful of in-person hearings, one of my hearings next week is an in-person hearing. So I emailed the court too because I feel like the court isn't going to want me to come marching in when even there's the slimmest chance in the world. But I don't know. I guess I'll see what the court has to say. So that's my week. And I'm just like, come on. Like, I need a break. We all need a break. And I was really, really hoping that with 2021 hitting and the vaccine being rolled out, that we would all get a break. We've gotten no break at all. It just feels worse. And and I'm sorry. Like I re- this isn't the message that I wanted to give today, but I'm really feeling down. Just feeling like like we're never ever digging out of this. I will tell you kind of a um an aside story which is I've been reading the book on Hamilton for quite some time. It's, it's a lot to get through. It's a lot of information. It's small print. And I um, got to a part where during the time that Hamilton was alive and had children, there was a plague. There was the yellow fever. And many people died. And it was more of an, it, like an intestinal type disease and they didn't know how to treat it and people were fleeing the cities to live in the country and live in the wilderness and Hamilton and his wife got it and they had to live apart from their children for a while and then when they were better and wanted to get back to the world a lot of people in the world didn't want them around they didn't want people who had recovered from it around because they weren't sure if they really were 
um, you know, still contagious or not contagious. And I, I imagine that it must have even been worse then. At least we have some sort of science and we have the CDC to provide some information. Although, I will tell you this, the CDC information does just not seem that clear to me. I don't know. Like I said, I, I think from from my understanding, I'm not someone who is required to quarantine, but I just felt like the best thing I can do is maybe just put the information out there to everyone that I'm coming in contact with or could come in contact with and see what happens. So, okay, we'll see. It sucks. It sucks for everyone who's been hit with this thing because another thing is, like for my nephew, I know he's super careful. He does work with the public. He has a job where he works with the public. So I'm guessing maybe that's where he got it from. But it just, it sucks. He's not someone who's going to a bar. He's not partying. Like none of that. It's just basically work and home. So it's, um, it's sad. It's sad for whoever, everyone who gets it. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about email today because email is ruling my life. I had so many emails last week that I can't even get over it. I cannot get over the amount of correspondence and email that I'm getting. I'm trying to convert to a cloud system. I don't have time to do it. It takes filling out some paperwork and working with the company that does the, the setting it up on the cloud. I had not one minute last week. So that's one thing I'll recommend looking into is if you get as much email as I do, and I'm telling you I get so much, to maybe look into a cloud-based system. Um, that was recommended to me by my IT guy. And I just need to follow through with it. The other thing with email is I will use email to help me develop my calendar. So a lot of people will email me and they'll want a call and I will uh, cut and paste from the email and put it into my calendar. Sometimes too I will um, cut and paste from emails and make a to-do list. I will also sometimes print emails and attach them to my calendar and use them as sort of a message and a to-do system. I've noticed something, it feels kind of recent, where people will email me and they'll say, can you please call me? And um, it, I sort of wish they would just call. <laughs> That'd be a little bit easier than when I'm going through my emails, I'm going through my emails. A lot of time I'm going through my emails in the evening. So then I see an email where someone wants a call and I have to somehow document it so I can take care of that as a call. Instead of if they left me a message, then I'm monitoring that in a different way and can call back. A little bit annoying is when people call and email. It's like I can't catch them one way, I'm going to catch them this way. 
Um, so it just is doubling up on my communication. A, a thing that I'll do quite a bit for um, helping me stay organized is blind copying myself, sometimes blind copying my client um, as well. And then when it when it's sent to me, I use it like another to-do list where it's like, okay, I asked opposing counsel to do something. I've copied myself on this. So now I have a notation that this is something that needs to be followed up on rather than just sending it and um, needing to figure out how to keep track of it. Um, be copy, be careful with blind copy. Um, because I have heard that there's situations where later you hit reply all and you have forwarded to maybe someone you didn't want to again copy to. One thing I would say, um, an email tip is if you're going to be sending someone documentation, please don't send it in a million pictures. I have, a, and, and everyone means well because they want to get the information to you as soon as possible, but a client will send me a 40-page document and they'll send it in 40 JPEG, and uh, 40 separate JPEG. First of all, it's a huge file. It clogs up my email, although now I have a different computer so things are working better, um, but in the past it's clogged up my email. They're unworkable to work with. You can't print them out. You can kind of see them on the screen. I have a very large monitor for these type of things, but it's just not workable, and especially in a document review. Um, please, please, for the love of God, send someone a PDF. Or even if you have to, if you can't do it and you have to fax it, fine. It's so much better than sending somebody a million pictures of the document works fine for like a paragraph or a page but when it's a huge document in a million pictures it's just not workable for document review another tip I'll use on email this was something that a friend of mine told me about was the Adobe signature um, uh, program so it's just part of buying Adobe you can get things signed. Um, it's like DocuSign, but through Adobe and super easy. I found DocuSign not super user-friendly. The Adobe sign is really, really user-friendly. And especially for the types of things that I need, where I need like a representation agreement for a client who's hiring me. I get their signature very, very easily using the Adobe sign. Another um, an, another um, tip for email is create a signature block that has the information that you need to give to your client or opposing counsel all in one, excuse me one second, <coughs> all in one spot that... Um, they can easily get the information. And also if you're looking for that information from, from someone, 
take a look at their signature block. A lot of times it's going to be there. I have so many times where people will say, what's your address? And I'll say, well, just look below in my signature block. So they've had it the whole time but didn't realize it. And so in my signature block, it has my name, the name of my business, my street address slash mailing address. They're both the same for me. If they're different, I would put them both. I also put my website. And even though I'm doing an email, my email address is in the signature block as well, as well as my phone number and fax number. So literally every way you can reach me is in the signature block of the email. So it's like a business card in the email. And I think it's a very, very, very helpful. Another tip that I give is, um, and, and, and not a tip that I give with a light heart, because I know how difficult this is, but to the greatest extent possible, reply to all emails promptly. It doesn't always work out. You're going to have a day where you're in trial, or for people who aren't attorneys, you're going to have a day where you're out at a client's office, or you're on the road, or you're working on a project and you just physically cannot look at your emails. I have had days like that. Um, I've had many days like that. And I will tell you, when I go back to look at my emails, it is like reviewing a time capsule sometimes. Because if it say like 24 hours has gone by, I may have emails from a judge's assistant asking if they can schedule a hearing on a certain day. And, and maybe it's not responded to. There could be emails like that. Um, there can be emails with a minute entry that requires you to do something quickly and you haven't seen it. There can be emails from opposing counsel trying to get a case settled. And you're, you may be working on the case and the case might be able to get settled. So that's why you always have to stay on top of the emails. And I'll tell you, it was not a joy for me this weekend. I spent a few hours on Friday. Um, I think I did. I did some on Saturday and a huge chunk again on Sunday because there were so many emails. And that's staying on top of them. And I still had to spend a lot of time um, looking at the emails. But I had a lot of scheduling issues as well. And if I wouldn't have stayed on top of it, it would not have um, gone well. And remember, like promptly doesn't always mean immediately. Sometimes you can't do it immediately. You may have a day where you can't get to it. So oftentimes, and again, I'm trying to have a life, so it's not always ideal. But a lot of times I'll do my emails in the evening because if I'm... Um, there's some things that are just going to have to happen during the day. One is court hearings. When they're scheduled, I have to deal with them. The other thing is telephone calls. You can let telephone calls go a little bit later into the night, but at some point it gets too late and people are doing dinner or homework with their kids or just getting ready for bed. And um, I have found that time to be around 6 or 6.15 any doing a phone call any later than that, the client's not expecting it. They're just expecting to hear from you the next day. If you're trying to do phone calls, 
and it's the court, the court's not open. So like phone calls and your set hearings, and then of course meetings as well, you're going to do, do during the day. So emails can, you know, be, can, you can do them at night. Sometimes if I'm just too wiped out or I'm getting home super late, I'll actually get up early before everyone else gets up and just do emails at my kitchen table while I'm having coffee in the morning and just kind of get caught up before the day starts. Um, all right, what else? I um, would very, very much like to use the out-of-office scheduling. I have a server that doesn't allow me to do it, but I think it's super helpful when I get an out-of-office email from someone that says, you know, they're in trial or they're on vacation um, or their office is closed for COVID, like whatever's going on. Like, so you get an immediate response, what's going on. I um, would give this as a tip, even though it's something that I'm not able to use. I'm hoping once I convert to the um, web base that I'll be able to use it, but with the type of server that I have, Outlook doesn't allow it to to be used, is that when you are back in the office, make sure you turn it off. Because there's a lot of times I'll email someone and I'll get their message and it'll be from a week ago. It'll say, you know, they're on vacation from the 12th to the 20th and you're emailing them on the 25th and it's still saying that they're out. Um, so just keep on top of that as well. Another email tip, and I'll, and I'll tell you it's, it's rough sometimes, stay professional and courteous as possible. Um, there's an... There's two ways that I mean professional and courteous. One is more um, just dealing with opposing counsel and just keeping it civil. You know, especially in these times, try to keep it civil. The second is, as busy as I am, I try to be a bit cordial as much as I can. Because number one, I really care about what's happening with everyone. And the other thing is, in this time when we are unable to have the type of communications that we have had with our clients in the past, a little bit of sunshine or maybe like a little bit of a joke, uh, sometimes depending on the client, I might even throw in something a little bit personal about myself, um, you know, like something that I did over the weekend or, or something along those lines, you know, um, or ask them about you know, if they've told me about their kids last time or their grandkids, and I'll say, hey, how's that, you know, grandkid and, and what's going on, you know, that sort of thing, just to let them know that, that I care about them as a person and, and hope they're doing okay. Okay, so that's my, um, that's my email tips <laughs> for the week after, um, having the one of the worst email weeks ever, one of the worst weeks ever, hoping, hoping it gets better, hoping that I am not on my way to getting COVID, but I guess um, I'll know in a couple of days. So I do have a couple of referrals for some stuff that I've watched recently. Um, I'm trying to, I wrote a list of some movies that I wanted to see over the next week or two, because I noticed some really, really good movies coming up on HBO Max, um, Netflix, and um, Amazon. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, here's what I end up doing. I'm, I get ready for bed at night, 
and I throw on, um, I throw on friends and go to sleep. But I'm like, I am not seeing movies. I really, really want to see some movies. I want to feel like a real person again and see some movies. So I watched um, No Country for Old Men. It's an older movie. I mean, it's probably close to 20 years old. A movie that ends up on best of movie lists all the time. And although I've seen bits and pieces over the years, never have seen the whole thing. I will say this, and, and maybe it's going to make me sound like a, a hack. I was just kind of like, meh. Like, it was fine. It was um, a crime movie, sort of. And um, the big selling point for it always is uh, Javier uh, Bardem's role as the bowl, bowl haircut killer. And that's not giving anything away. Like, you you know immediately in the movie. And it, it was fine, but it just, it didn't have a lot of closure for me. It was, it had an open ending, which I'm good with, but not a satisfying open ending. Um, the, there's a main character that you're following, and his story kind of abruptly ends. And there's just no sort of closure at all to it. And then there's um, a story told at the end that doesn't seem to apply to anything. And I felt more confused than anything else. I looked it up, um, different people's views of what it was that they were seeing. So I did understand more to a certain extent, although... The articles do admit that the ending of the movie is is very open and doesn't really give you any closure. But I think it's worth seeing. Um, I also watched The King of Staten Island, um, which is a Judd Apatow movie starring Pete Davidson. I was felt I was not a fan of Pete Davidson's. I knew him sort of, from Saturday Night Live. He had parts in some movies that I can't even think of, like smaller parts. And he just seemed fine. My daughters think he's incredibly good-looking. I'm like, yeah, I think he's a little young for me, but not one of uh, the men, like the leading men that I would think is, you know, one of the most handsome guys out there. Like, he's no Chris Hemsworth to me. Um, but I did see in the movie, I felt, once I saw him in this movie, I could see him more as a leading man. I thought he did excellent in the movie. As I will say about most Judd Apatow movies, except probably with the exception of Trainwreck, um, they're too long by 30 minutes. In there was um, a middle scene where it, it sort of took this turn, and they wrapped it up so it was fine, but it didn't seem like it needed to go there. <laughs> um, and then the movie got back on track. Bill Burr is in the movie, and I thought he was excellent. And Marissa Tomei was Pete Davidson's mother. She was excellent. There was a lot of the movie about Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei and their relationship, and I really, really liked that. I thought Pete Davidson was really good. And it had a very satisfying ending. 
it was something that I ended up liking a lot more than I thought I would. It was a movie that was supposed to come out, I think, with the summer releases at the movies when there was such a thing. And it didn't. So um, it was available. It was available for rental forever. And I just kind of kept holding off. <laughs> I wasn't ready to spend the 20 bucks on it. And then it showed up on HBO Max. So I was super excited. I've also been watching a documentary called The Vow, V-O-W, and it's about the Nexium cult. So weird, like so weird. Um, if you haven't heard of it, um, just Google it. The guy who started the cult is in prison for, it's a huge amount of time, like 150 years. And then the person who probably helped him most with it. And I, it seems to me like there was probably thousands of people in this, but the person who helped him most with it was an actress by the name of Allison Mack. And she was Chloe in Smallville and just seemed like a lovely young lady. Um, but she really got in deep with this cult and probably from what I'm seeing would be considered the main guy's second um, second in charge and she's in a lot of trouble and the last I heard she was facing a sentence of a couple of decades possibly but her case was still pending the last I heard at some point I'll look it up but I kind of wanted to get through the documentary and um, see what the documentary tells me before I give myself any spoiler alerts by seeing where the case is now so that's my referrals for this week. That's what I've watched this week. Oh, um, I am reading a new book. It's by I, it's an author that I've recommended before. Her name is Sarah Knight. She does um, time management books. She did the her first book, I believe, was the life changing magic of not giving an F, and it that one is my least favorite by far. But she also did Get Your S Together, Calm the F Down, and now she's doing F No. And F No is pretty good. It's it's teaching you like how to say no to other commitments. Um, I liked the other two books that I said um, just previously. I liked those better um, because I think I'm pretty good about um, declining commitments when I can't handle it. I've had to, I, out of necessity, because of the way my schedule is. And a lot of times the no um, just comes, be, it becomes because I cannot fit another thing into my schedule. So this one isn't as helpful to me, but to me, she's a really entertaining writer. And the books are very uh, visually pleasing. They're hardcover uh, with these white covers with colorful, like, colorful writing on it. And they're about the size of my hand. So they're just like a nice book to hold as well. All right. Thank you so much. Let me do my close. One second. Sorry. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can also find me on Facebook under my personal name. You can also find me under my law office, Law Office of Florence Brummer. 
You can find that on Facebook, my website, brummerlaw.com. I'm also on Patreon, and I am determined to put some tiers on Patreon, so I'm working on that, so stay tuned for an update. Have a great week, and I'll be back next week with new tips.